they don't tend to use a lot of toilet paper in India. Instead, they just have kind of like this hose. <laughs> it's the H-Dog Pod with your host, Michael the Hound Dog Harrison. Hey, welcome to episode 63, the Brad Marchand edition of the podcast. Yes, he plays for the rival Boston Bruins. But I have to tell you, it's getting increasingly difficult to find good athletes for the corresponding episode number and you can't ignore Marshawn's greatness. Yes, he pisses people off, and at times he's been dirty, especially when he licked Ryan Callahan years ago, but admit it, you'd want him on your team. A third-round pick from 2006, Marshawn has transitioned from super pest with some skill to legitimately one of the better players in hockey for quite some time now. I know it's hard to admit being a Leaf fan and him being part of teams that rip the Leafs' hearts out, but he is a stud. His best season came in 2018-19 when he racked up a scintillating good word, 100 points, However, as mentioned, his reputation will always precede him, and he's definitely super pesky and annoying. Speaking of super pesky and annoying, the national crisis in my bathroom is now over, thankfully. Order has been restored in the world. I have a brand spanking new bidet attachment, which I got off Amazon for just 40 bucks. Here's some reviews of a Lux Bidet Neo 110. Bidet is love, bidet is life. A bottom's best friend. Best purchase of the decade. Just a decade? fantastic (laughs) i no longer enjoy any bathroom without this thing this is what 21st century living is all about ain't that the truth and finally a personal fave if wiping has become troublesome and or painful for you this device is a blessing yikes seriously they should be paying me commission for this let me tell you i had posterior panic for a week without one but all is right in the world almost My next guest is a world traveler, and she undoubtedly has been to many places where bidets are the hot thing in town, so I'll be sure to ask her all about them. So without further ado, let's get cracking. Okay, now welcome on my great friend, as opposed to my enemy, Lauren Yakachuk. I worked with her for many years at TSN, where she was a star editor, and now she's a full-time star travel blogger. Welcome to the H-Dog Pod, Lauren. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Thank you uh, for being on, and uh, let's talk about it. I mentioned, obviously... TSN, uh, you were there for many years with me. Uh, talk about how you transitioned from working in sports media at TSN and then uh, becoming a very successful uh, blogger. Yeah, so I mean, I worked at TSN for 12 years, which is pretty crazy. Um, I went to school, so I actually went to school for an English degree first at university, and then I went to school after that for a um, for television and broadcasting and started work at TSN after I interned there as a video editor. Um, so, I mean, I loved working there as a video editor. Don't get me wrong, it was great. And um, I started a travel blog on the side just because I love travel as well, and it was kind of just an another creative outlet for me and building that up over the years it got to the point where I had to choose one or the other I was just missing out on too many opportunities to travel with keeping a full-time job at TSN and so I ended up choosing a travel blog and how did they was there a specific moment where you're like okay like I, I definitely I can't keep passing this up or just uh, this you know to go like you said you were you know, giving up opportunities to go to places where there was there a pivotal moment where you're like okay I'm going to change. Yeah. I mean, it was something I had in the back of my mind for a long time, but um, I just never really had the confidence in myself to, you know, become a full-time entrepreneur and have my own business because, I mean, it's hard. You have to uh, give up your your job with steady income to just rely on yourself. So it can be a bit scary. 
Um, but there was a pivotal moment for me where I actually broke my ankle and I couldn't work for, I think it was about 10 weeks at TSN just because I couldn't drive. It was my right ankle. And so I was pretty much just couch bound for 10 weeks. I couldn't go anywhere or do anything. So during that time, I was just on the couch, on my computer, and I was just thinking, well, I'm going to try writing full time because like really what else am I going to do? I'm just sitting here. And um, as I was able to devote all of my time to that, I started to kind of realize in my mind, I'm like, wait, like if I focus all my attention on this, I think I could really make a go of it. So that was the pivotal moment for me when I decided that I needed to do it full time. I guess that's when you put your full, uh, your, your best foot forward. <laughs> ha ha. <laughs> Ooh. Was there, was there a, a good story about how you broke that ankle? Or? No, it's not a good story at all. So I was on a trip to Winnipeg. It was a, a media trip to the travel blog. And like you think it would be something exciting that I was doing. But I was just walking through a doorway of a tea house. And there's a piece of metal on the ground that kind of it kind of had a weird like bend to it or something when I stood on it. And when I stepped through the doorway, I literally just like twisted my ankle so hard and went falling to the ground. Mm. And uh yeah, I didn't realize it was broken or anything. So it just hurt like so much and it was so swollen, like crazy. And uh, so that was on the first day of my trip there for a couple of days. And uh, thankfully, the um, the host in the tourism board, she had a pair of crutches that were handy and she happened to be a similar height to me. So she ended up giving me her old pair of crutches and I ended up hopping around for the next you know day and a half <laughs> until I went back home. And I mean, it was crazy. I went to like this, uh, it was one of those Nordic spas and I left the crutches in the change room and Justin was with me and I was literally just like holding on to his shoulder as I hopped from like the hot, the hot tub to a different pool. It was really ridiculous. <laughs> and so I got home and then I went to work the next day, which I couldn't drive. Justin drove me and I got there and I kind of just had my foot up. And I remember people were just like, are you like going to get that looked at? And I'm like, yeah, I have to wait till my day off. So I waited till the next day and then I went to the hospital and they did the x-rays and they were like, yeah, that's broken. So... Oh, wow. <laughs> It's, so pretty crazy, but you don't really know what these things if you just you know broke it or if you strained it or or what because it kind of the symptoms are the same. So absolutely, yeah. I, many many years ago, it was a uh, recreational TSN uh, hockey game or like floor hockey we were playing, and I'd never broken anything before, uh, or I don't even think I even really sprained anything before in my life. And yeah, I just got uh, one of the guys at work, Riz, accidentally bumped into me, and I sort of had a, a weird awkward fall, and I fell on my uh, right shoulder. And uh, I, I was like, oh, man, that's really hurts. Like, oh, geez. But I'm like, get up, get up, you know, be a good Canadian boy. You know, it's hockey. Don't uh, don't ride in the pain uh, uh, in pain too long. Got up, went to the bench. Thank goodness I didn't try to keep playing. And I, after the, the game, we're in the change room. And it's like, oh, man, this this aren't really, really hurts. But I'm like, ah, whatever. I'll ice it. I work later on that evening. I'll, uh, you know, I'll have a little nap a couple hours later. It'll be fine type thing. Go to work. And uh, <laughs> I couldn't even lift the headset onto my ear to be able to listen to it. And then uh, Daryl at work was like, yeah, yeah, maybe you should get that checked out. So yeah, same thing. I went to the hospital not knowing it was broken. Yeah, it was broken for sure. And uh, yeah, <laughs> just so funny. It's like, oh, wow. I'll be fine. I'll sleep it off. No, 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 no. No, that was broken. So <laughs> yeah, you don't really happens. know. It was like, for me, I couldn't put any weight on it. And then I'm like, oh, I don't know if it's broken though, just because I can't put weight on it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no, so so yikes. we're gonna blame Riz yes. for that. Well, it's so funny. Anytime <laughs> oh, I bump Riz. into him, well, not literally bump into him. Anytime I run into him, or oh, I keep using these terms. Anytime I go, I come near him at work or whatever, I'll always like jokingly flinch or whatever. He's like, "Dude, man, I didn't mean to." <laughs> I was like, "I know you didn't." I know you didn't. <laughs> but uh, yeah, still remind him of that. Of that. What? What say? You have uh, any like? Uh, obviously, I'm sure great opportunities that have uh, come from uh, tr- uh, being a travel blogger. Yeah, I mean, I've been able to travel to a lot of places, which has been amazing. Um, I went on a trip just before COVID struck, so I actually got back on March 11th, uh, 2020, and that was a trip in India. So I actually helped co-lead that trip, and uh, that was with a small group. That was incredible experience, and traveling right before COVID, I mean, I had no idea that it was going to get this bad, so it was nice to have a good experience right before, you know, we all ended up staying at home forever. Um, Yeah, I did that. I've um, gone on a a luxury barge cruise in the south of France. So that was pretty amazing. Um, I mean, we've traveled to New Zealand before, um, different places in Europe. Um, you know, I'll travel as much as I can. So a lot of amazing experiences. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that definitely sounds like that. I, I forgot to mention earlier, how did you get, uh, how did you sort of build yourself up uh, social media following? Because you have uh, tons and tons of followers on Instagram. How did uh, how'd that come about? Yeah, it's just a long time snowball effect. So, I mean, I started the blog back in 2013. So it's been quite a while now. Um, When I first, I remember getting my first up to a thousand followers um, right before we were doing a trip to Italy. And that was, I was like, whoa, like I can't believe I have a thousand followers. (laughs) And then it's just grown over the years. I think um, just, you know, traveling different places and, you know, constantly posting on Instagram stories is helpful and uh, just connecting with different people around the world too. I mean, I've, I've met a lot of friends and it's been a great experience. So it's just about, you know, being uh, just, you know, keep doing it, keep going at it. There's not really any secrets that I have to growing my following. It's just, you know, posting good content, being consistent. Um, that's the thing I'm struggling, struggling with the most right now with being a travel blogger and not being able to travel anywhere. I mean, like the last, I did some trips over the summer that were just in Ontario. And the last one I did was in the middle of November to Stratford. And I haven't gone anywhere since just because there's been a lockdown and a stay at home order. So um, that's been something I've been, haven't been posting as consistently, um, just posting about past trips and things that are interesting to me. But yeah, it's been really interesting being a travel blogger during a pandemic. <laughs> well, I, I was just going to, yeah, that was, that was the question. How has it altered, obviously, how you do business? So what have you been able to do in the meantime? Uh, obviously, you can't travel. But what have you been, yeah. uh, you know, been doing? <laughs> so basically, I got back from India and then st- we all just stay at home. We're locked down. So I was thinking, what am I going to do? This is my business. This is my full time job. And I can't go anywhere. Nobody's traveling. Nobody's looking up travel. So even the content I do have, no one's really interested in at that moment. So I within a week, I was like, okay, I am going to pick something that I love doing, which is hiking. And I love hiking around Ontario. I mean, I'm not a full-time traveler. Most of the year I'm here in Mississauga. So I did write a lot about hiking around Ontario on my blog as it was. Um, so I decided I was just going to start a new one. So I started Ontario hiking <laughs> and that took off uh, like crazy. Of course, like 
there's been so many people getting into hiking as it's one of the only real activities we can actually do during a pandemic is to go outdoors and explore and explore local trails. So I started that blog and then I started a Facebook group for it and it's been like crazy, crazy popular. So that was a really good pivot. <laughs> Where uh, are some of the, the better places to hike in uh, the, the uh, GTA? Oh, there's like a lot of places around here where you can hike a lot of great conservation areas. I mean, I'm always a fan of hiking the Bruce Trail. That's um, a really big trail that goes from Niagara all the way to Tobermory. So it's about 900 kilometers. So there's stretches of the Bruce Trail all throughout southern Ontario that you can explore, which is great. Um, there's been a lot of just interesting conservation areas. I mean, Rouge Park is right in Toronto, and that's one of the best. It's a national park. So that's a great place to go hiking. Um, and then there's, you know, there's ones in the city. Uh, there's places in Mississauga as well that are kind of down. There's Rattray Marsh, which is really close to where I live. That's a nice little walk on a boardwalk. Um, yeah, there's so many different conservation areas and provincial parks to explore around here too. So lots of opportunities to get outdoors. I remember I went uh, maybe eight months ago or something like that during peak pandemic, I decided to go hiking. I can't remember where the, uh, the trail was. It was near my place or whatever. And uh, mm -hmm. I got lost in there. It was like so massively huge. I'm like, how the hell do I get back home? Cause it was, it was, <laughs> it, was, it, was it was humongous. I couldn't figure it out. And then of course there's a bunch of bikers in the same trail. So and they're coming up behind me. So I kept thinking, I kept having to look back. I'm like, what have I got myself into? I should just <laughs> stick to uh, walking uh, you know, along the Danforth or whatever, which I do love to do before work. Because, uh, yeah, that place was massive. I can't remember the, remember the name of it. But um, you know, I always say to people, like, walking is so much fun. I, I just love was it Was it so around like, um, like Evergreen Brickworks kind of area? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, it was. I'm trying I to think, think of where it would be because yeah, there's a lot like, of trails around there. There's like the Beltline and kind of around there. Like, That's a really big area to go hiking, though. Like, there's a lot of green space in Toronto, which is really cool. Yeah, no, it was actually really neat. It was like, oh my god, I'm at, I'm still in Toronto. Like, it was just a, it was you know, it was just so fascinating. It didn't feel like I was in the city at all. It was it was quite nice, but it was spectacularly huge. Oh my god, it was crazy. <laughs> Uh, so it's good to get out Google Maps and just see where you are. Yeah, well, because <laughs> even if you're you're in the city, you still have reception at least. <laughs> yeah, well, the, my GPS was trying to take me like a home. I, I swear they're trying to do it as a crow flies. I'm like, okay, there's no way I can get home that way. I, I took it for like 20 minutes or whatever. I'm like, okay, I'm going further away now. It's it just it was uh, something of a disaster. <laughs> but whatever, I got I got walking more, so I guess that's the point. So it ended up being uh, fine, right? That's an adventure, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, back to, um, obviously, uh, going on those trips, uh, whenever the pandemic does end, hopefully here at some point, uh, you know, uh, we, everyone can get vaccinated. We can get, go to different places. What uh, are some of your absolute favorites and also places you didn't, didn't particularly love that much? Oh, um, so I, so for 2020, I was originally planning to go to Scotland twice again. I went once in 2019. I just, I love it so much there. So I would really love to return. I mean, I have some family that's from Scotland and um, I am currently in the process of trying to get my dual citizenship because my mom was born in Scotland. So that's another adventure <laughs> for the future. Um, but I'm really, I'm dying to go all over Europe. I, you know, I just can't get enough of any place that has like a little old town to explore like cobblestone streets and old buildings. And I mean, that's just perfect for me. I could just wander around there all day and stop at a little cafe and I would be perfectly content. Um, Germany and the beer gardens. I mean, I miss all of that so much. Um, what was it? The places I don't like as much. 
I haven't really gone anywhere that I haven't really loved, so I can't really comment too much to that. Um, but, mm. you know, I just, I really would love to go everywhere I can. I mean, there's sometimes little places that might, you know, if you're feeling tired at the end of a trip, you might not feel as like great about it, but I, I don't blame it on the place. I blame that more on me. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, everywhere and anywhere right now, I would love to go. So I just want to go somewhere. <laughs> I know. I know. And uh, you said you were trying to get your uh, citizenship, Scotland. Uh, can you do your best Scottish accent impression? No, I, I cannot do an accent at all. So don't even. No way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to try. It'll sound terrible. <sighs> but I love, sorry, <laughs> I do love hearing all the accents. I'm also like a bit obsessed with British TV and crime dramas and everything. So, you know, anything that takes place in like a little seaside village in the UK, I'm like, all about it. <laughs> um, what's the show? Um, uh, uh, Doctor. Oh my goodness! Why am I forgetting it? It's a uh, cool. This is great podcasting. Uh, Doc, Mar- <laughs> Doc Martin. Doc Martin. Have you ever seen Doc Martin? TV no. Show? It's no. A, it's a seaside village type thing. That is a doctor who is like this amazingly. Uh, I think it's maybe seven or eight seasons. Every season is consistently really, really solid. I think it's eight or ten episodes for an hour for the season. And it's a doctor yeah. who has a blood phobia, and so that's why he's at this. Uh, you know, used to be a big time surgeon, but he has this phobia. He doesn't have the best bedside manner, but he's absolutely <laughs> he's hilarious. But he and he's a really good doctor, but he has that phobia which gets in the way of him being a good doctor or whatever. And he just he's he's not like I said, he's pretty rude. But that, that's a really <laughs> good show. Doc Martin is absolutely uh, one of the better shows actually I've ever seen. Um, yeah, I have to look that one up. Yeah, it's um, I loved uh, Broadchurch was a good one that I really liked. That was a few seasons. Um, Happy Valley was another one. These are all like crime kind of shows. Uh, Line of Duty oh, is another one. Yes, I was just um, going to bring that up. That is sensational, that show. Anyone, you must watch that. I think it's five or six episodes a season for five seasons, I think it is now. They have a new season coming out. It's, it's airing in the UK right now, oh, so, so it'll eventually come here. That so. show's amazing. Yeah, so that was a really good one. All about like corrupt cops. Yes, bent <laughs> yeah. coppers. But uh, yeah. the, the bent main coppers. <laughs> yeah, such a good show. Uh, the main show, though, uh, if some if somehow some way you do watch a show, do not spoil it because I'm like 68 episodes behind. I've just started watching it again in the last couple of days. Coronation Street. You must, uh, you know. Cup of tea, I love. don't. I don't watch it, but my granny watches it every single day for years <laughs> and years and years, and she was. I mean, I haven't seen her in over a year because she lives in long-term care and they don't allow any visitors. But like when we talked on the phone, she was actually mentioning that she couldn't find Coronation Street on her TV the other day, that they like switched the channel or something. And so I felt really bad. I'm like, oh no. Well, maybe (laughs) I'll I'll find that episode in like, you know, two years because I'm always way, 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 way far behind. But I I love that. I love binge watching TV. But uh, yeah, I've been watching that for 20 years. It's pretty crazy. That's, uh, yeah, it's a really long running show. Like uh, it's been on forever. I so. think at least sixty years. So yeah, I've been watching for twenty. <laughs> My parents have been watching for like forty five years or something like that. But wow, uh, it's uh, <laughs> I could see why, why that would be a show if you hadn't watched it before and you just stumble upon it. I could see why someone would be would be like, yeah, this is just seems nah, not so good, but. Once you get to, once you get watching a little bit like I did, you get sucked in because my three other siblings absolutely despise the show so much because before <laughs> the the days of um, of uh, PVR, of course, uh, when they were younger, uh, unless the house was on fire for that half an hour, do not bother my parents because they are watching Coronation Street and uh, yeah, it just drove my uh, siblings crazy and I, I also didn't like it, but then I got I got bored one time and watched it and I've uh, been hooked ever since. 
amazing. I think once you know all the characters, it's probably part of it, right? Yeah, definitely. And then you're, then you're uh, interested in finding out the backstories of these other ones you don't know about and so on and so forth. And then it becomes, uh, obviously, then you become hooked, I find. Yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> so I did obviously ask about the uh, different places you wanted to visit or that you have visited in the world. Obviously, I wanted to know about that. But the other reason I asked that, actually, it was a two-pronged uh, question. Essentially, it was a, a way for me to bring up uh, places, uh, perhaps in Asia, that uh, love bidets because I talked about in my introduction, my bidet is fixed. And so, yeah, my question is, where are some great places? Uh, posterior panic, by the way, that's what I had. Uh, what what uh, some great places, uh, hopefully, that have uh, bidets uh, around the world? <laughs> well, you would love Italy because, Italy? I mean, wow. Italy is, like, that's pretty much, I think that's where bidets came from, is really? Italy. France, France. The bidet was invented in France. Every single time you rent a place, like a, even if it's, like, an Airbnb, like, every house in Italy has a bidet. So, you know. I don't think I took full advantage of it when I was there. I was kind of scared of it. I was like, oh, what is this? I'm not going to use this. And yeah. It was kind of like a novelty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then, um, so if you do travel to like countries in Asia, so um, like, for example, when I was in India, they, I mean, some of the toilets are Western toilets, but they do have a lot of squat toilets there. Uh-huh. And they don't tend to use a lot of toilet paper in India. Instead, they just have kind of like this hose. <laughs> so you have to just get used to, uh, I mean, <laughs> Yeah, so it's like a just a hose that you just you know wash yourself down with, and uh, yeah, it's actually a lot more it's a lot more hygienic actually to 100%. use uh, the squat toilet and the little you know hose spray nozzle thingy that's kind of like a bidet I guess, but in India, and I mean if you do still want to use toilet paper, you need to carry that around with you because you can't rely on a lot of places having it. So. You know, it's important to, to plan ahead of time. And it's hard to get used to something like that when you're only there for like a couple of weeks. You know, you're still, you know, wanting to use toilet paper. But I mean, you know, it's not hard once you learn how to use the squat toilet and the hose. You just got to get used to it. That's so you awesome. Know, yeah. Part of the adventure. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, like my, as I mentioned this pod before, my buddy Atumon Demong got me into it. He's like, oh, it's off Amazon, just $40. It's just an attachment to your toilet. It's not a, it's not a huge investment or whatever. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll give it a shot. Why not? And it's absolutely changed my life. I can't even live without it. So, yeah, I didn't have it. <laughs> I just out of nowhere. I had it for over four years. The warranty is actually like 18 months. So, all of a sudden, the nozzle just just basically snapped off and it wouldn't work and it was the most rattling experience not having something <laughs> when you know that's your go-to especially if you've had mcdonald's or some drinks the night before you're that's your go-to no problem and you don't have that it just ruined my saturday last uh, last weekend please feel bad for me hello you completely cut out oh no that's no. A- no, I, I missed I all the bidet talk. <laughs> well, how much? How much is that? How much of that do you miss? Did you? Did you um, I guess you would It was know. broken, and then I don't know. But it's <laughs> fine. So I wanted to say that if you're going to go anywhere, then like Italy would be great because there would be a bidet guaranteed everywhere you go. Wow, that's so you it? wouldn't have to give you wouldn't have to give it up when you go to Italy for sure. That's so funny. I would never, have, for some reason, I always just uh, pictured Asia, Asian countries or whatever. Never France as the as the founder mm-hmm. of the bidet. That's amazing. It's uh, yeah. I mean, so don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure like it's been around in France for a really long time. So, and everywhere in France had them. Wow. The other place you might want to go, I haven't been to Japan yet, but I heard the Japanese toilets are like crazy awesome. Yeah, it's so <laughs> funny how uh, our culture we are so far far behind in, in that technology, and it's like oh, let's just use toilet paper. 
like you said, it's not great for the environment, and it's just it's so much wasted money for something you're just flushing down a toilet anyway. Why don't it's you true. make yourself? I just I can't. It's gotten better being able to convince people to use this thing, but it, so many people are so terrified of it. It's like what? It, it, it's something that cleans you. You wash your face after it's been dirty or whatever. It's the exact same uh, concept. It's something that cleans you. It's water. It's the exact same thing. But for some reason, some people are just so scared by it. Yeah. I don't know. Probably shouldn't be as scared of it. Just try it. <laughs> Although I admit being scared of it a little at first. Well, yeah, no, well, the first time I ever used one, I was like, oh, I wonder if this thing is actually working when it was finally installed and you know, spray me in the, in the face or whatever. And I was like, oh, well, maybe I should have sat on the toilet for that. So yeah, that when you're using one, maybe uh, that's the first time. Uh, that's that, that's some sage advice for me, I would say. No, you're not supposed to spray yourself. No, like, give yourself so. a shower with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, there's clearly no way to segue from bidets to the next topic, but I'm just going to try to somehow uh, fancy one anyway. <laughs> Fashion uh, one. Uh, you recently were on a podcast. I think it was your first one you said to me about retro video games. Uh, yeah. Talk about that. And, and what's, what games do you love the, that are old school ones? Yeah, so I started listening to this uh, retro video game podcast. It's called the Retrograde Podcast, and it's actually Justin got me listening to it, and I think one of his friends got him listening to it, and so um, it's hosted by these two guys from Toronto, and they're really funny, and uh, they kind of they chat a lot about just different things in uh, pop culture and games and whatever's going on, and then they review an old video game, and. It's kind of like an old game that you haven't played maybe in a really long time since you were a kid. So they kind of have like a memory of it and then they'll play it again. And then they'll rate it again to see if it kind of stood up to their old memory of it. Right. And uh, so I was thinking about this old computer game that I used to play. And it was just like a really uh, crazy game I played in middle school. And I played it with one of my best friends. She came over every single weekend and we played this game. Brag. And uh, so... You know, I was just curious, so I sent, I tweeted it at them and was just like, hey, did you guys ever play this game? Because I didn't see it on your on your podcast yet. And they looked it up, and they had never played it, and they just thought it looked so crazy. And so they are just like, hey, do you want to come on the podcast and talk about it? And so it was really interesting because I hadn't played the game since I was probably in grade 7. So I was able to find the game on Steam, and then I played it again, and uh, it was a really interesting experience. I went on this podcast to talk about it. Uh, so, yeah, that was my very first podcast ever. And so this is podcast number two. What's, uh, most Im- what's, the, what's the game, though? You, never, you didn't mention it. Um, Oh yeah. So the game is called Return to Return to Zork. And uh it was a game that I had because so I'm gonna sound super old right now, but back in the day, uh computers didn't always have CD ROMs attached to them. So when we installed the C D ROM in our computer for the first time, it came with like a bunch of things on CD so you could actually use your CD-ROM. So it came with like a couple different games and this was one of them. And it came with like an encyclopedia and like some other, some other CDs. So this was one of the games that I had. So I of course was going to play it because I didn't have that many other games on CD-ROM yet. And back then it was also to show off how amazing the graphics were that your computer, everything just looks so much better with a CD-ROM. And I thought the graphics were amazing back then. It's like now it's like maybe not so much, but I can still see how, you know, me back in the day thought it was amazing. It's kind of like um, when you play games on like uh, N64, like playing like the old Zelda game or like um, 
you know, back then you thought it was amazing looking and now you kind of look at it and you're like, oh, it's not as good anymore, but it's still like a game. It just doesn't look as good because games now look so much better. They, they are, but they, I think they don't have as much character as, as those old games are. And uh, what was your favorite uh, Nintendo, or I shouldn't say Nintendo, what, what's your favorite system of all time? Oh, well, that's a hard one because, I mean, ugh, I mean, I have so much nostalgia for, like, Nintendo and Super Nintendo. Yes, so yes. those are probably my favorite just because I grew up with those, and those are, they're always still classic games to come back and still play. Like, they are still a lot of fun to play. And they're still so um, good. They, they, they hold up. Like, it's crazy to me mm-hmm. how Super Nintendo games, almost all of them, hold up perfectly well. They're unbelievable. Like, the Donkey Kong games are amazing. Yet, like mm-hmm. a PlayStation One game that I was mentioning this on uh, last podcast, it's like block figures for like you know football games and hockey games. It's like, oh my god, I used to think this was good, but yet mm-hmm. games before that, Super Nintendo was so good. Yeah, no, I agree. Like I love playing like Mario Kart and Super Mario World, and I mean those are all just classic games. I mean, I don't know, they're still good, and, <laughs> and you can still play a lot of them on the Switch. So, like, we have a Nintendo Switch, and you can have a, um, it's like a subscription, and it comes with like a whole bunch of old games that you can play. So you can still play some of them on there. Did so. you ever? Uh, I mentioned some of my last podcast with Aki. We were talking about a little bit of, about video games as well. Did you ever, as a kid or and or as an adult, uh, smash your controllers if you lost levels? No, I did not Ew. smash my controllers, but that's because I was always awesome at games and <laughs> I didn't have to smash my controller. Mm. My sister would throw the controller sometimes. So <laughs> she, would, she would also flip up like the board game. <laughs> if we were playing and she lost, she would flip the game and the pieces would go everywhere. <laughs> Jeez, that's but I, I mean, being the older sister was always better at things. So yeah, just a more <laughs> a humble brag or not so humble. Yeah, say you're just too good at yeah. all these games. You know what though? If I play a game now, I think I was probably way better at games back when I was a kid. Like nowadays, I'm like, I'm like okay. I don't think I'm as good as I used to be though. Yeah, well, especially <laughs> the the games nowadays. They're they're quite sophisticated. You know the. Uh, I used to play hockey all the time for many, many, probably 20 some years or whatever. I would always be playing uh, NHL games and I've sort of stopped the last couple of years because there's just so many buttons to use and it's just, it's uh, just way too sophisticated. Mm-hmm. Some of these games now. Yeah. I think the last hockey game I played was NHL 94. <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> NHL 96 was my f- absolute favorite. That was the first game you can uh, trade players. And oh. uh, I, I, I'm almost certain I mentioned this before, but yeah, I, I picked a crappy team, the Whalers. And you were able to trade like a 58 overall player for a 60, so on and so forth. So I had the entire roster was all Hall of Fame players. My entire team didn't play a single game for two seasons. I just simulated every game just to see if, you know, how amazing that team could be. Because the mm-hmm. Whalers were in, in regular hockey, a terrible team. They missed the playoffs both years. It was like I, I did all this out, all these hours of all these <laughs> trades to get this, you know, Hall of Fame team for n- absolutely nothing at all. But then you didn't really, you didn't play the game though. No, I was just I, I always like building teams like as a general manager mm, and then simulating okay. to see if, if my if I'm a good general manager basically. And uh, yeah. I failed spectacularly. So uh, it was uh, still not quite over as you could tell. <laughs> wow, devastating. Mm. Nah, it definitely was, yeah. Is uh do you have any uh, current games that you're uh, a fan of? Um so right now it's actually funny we're we've gone back to our Wii U and we're starting to play uh Super Mario 3D. 
so we're playing that through again because um, I think we played it like a really long time ago. So we just picked it up again for something fun to check out. And then I I like playing Stardew Valley, which is like completely different Whoa. kind of game um, on my computer. Oh, really? Okay, so it's kind of like kind of like you have like a farm that you take care of but then there's all like the people in town that you talk to and you kind of build your character and um you know meet people and make relationships but then you also kind of tend your farm and it's kind of did you ever hear of like harvest moon it's kind of like harvest moon in a way but kind of it's a newer game Hmm. i don't know anyway i play that on steam I know on the Wii, I've never played it, but I know they uh, they have like I don't know if it's it's newer ish, I guess, like a survivor game. And I remember playing those on my computer, and uh, if I was a- even able to, sometimes it was like, oh yeah, your computer doesn't support this game. But the old survivor games, I, I try playing maybe once a year, and it's like, man, the- especially the first game was so unbelievably wretchedly brutal. It's it's so hilarious. wait, it's like a survivor, like the show. Yep. Yep. And there's a game for it. Yeah. Well, so, so how do you play? How do you play that? So the first season, the actual challenges were probably actually better than the second season. But the second season uh, was better because the first one, you had like, these canvas. So you'd walk around this island, like you know, building fire or whatever, or getting water, all this stuff or whatever. It would be like two and a half minutes, and you have these canned responses to different people. And you'd be like, "Oh, how do you think Susan's doing? What do you think this guy's doing? This guy's a liar." And it would be all these canned responses. You do that for two and a half minutes or three minutes, something like that. And then you do this challenge, which was okay, actually, for the, for the time. Then you go back to, like, the three minutes of talking to try to build alliances. It was so painful to get to that actual like, tribal council because it was just like, okay, after about two seconds, these, re- these responses, you couldn't change the responses at all. There was, you, know, you couldn't input your own answers or whatever, your own questions. It was so painful to get through it. And, uh, that yeah. sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah. The second season actually was actually pretty good. You were able to make alliances, and it was way, way better in that, hey, re- in that regard. But so this game was bad and then you were like i'm gonna play the next version of it yeah because the first version didn't work <laughs> on my computer it, it never would work and it would just always frustrate me i had to play on my buddy andrew's computer and he i'd be like oh this is sweet i could actually play the game and then of course it wasn't that sweet but the second version <laughs> actually worked on my computer and uh, the only thing that would suck about the game was say like, it was like three votes for susan and like four for richard they would have the first three would be for susan and then as soon as there wasn't a susan vote you knew there was no more votes for susan so it was like Susan, 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 mm. Richard. Then you're like, oh, hell, Susan's, uh, she's safe, I guess. It was like, they, they didn't, uh, didn't have much, um, uh, they weren't so good at uh, you know, doing that. But, but no, I, I know yeah. they made a, a Nintendo Wii version of it a few years ago. I haven't played it, but I, I know that there's a new version. I'm curious if it's any good. Probably not. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, if it wasn't that good of a game that, that they keep coming out with them. I mean, people must be buying them. <laughs> I have no idea. It's probably I know the I know the first one. I've read reviews of it. The first one uh, I think it was made in two thousand one because they were trying to capitalize obviously on the initial success of the show. And mm-hmm. the first review <laughs> is not too kind at all. It's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. I'll look that up. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> uh, let's get it. So obviously, uh, you know, you're a vegan, and I all the commendable, so commendable. I could never, I could never do that. Uh, when did you become uh, a vegan and uh, was it really, really difficult to start or uh, how'd that sort of come about? Um, it wasn't, I didn't find it to be that difficult personally. I mean, I was raised vegetarian, so like right from birth. So I, it was basically at that Sorry. point just ditching like eggs and dairy really. Um, 
But for me, I, it would have been 2009 that I went vegan and it was basically, I was just having terrible, terrible stomach pains and I was just not feeling good every single day and just like even doubling over with pain. And, um, I was just talking to one of my best friends and she's, she's like, Oh, well, why don't you try just like eliminating some, a certain kind of food from your diet. Like a lot of people have problems with dairy. Why don't you just try not having dairy for a bit? And at the time I was eating a lot of dairy and having a lot of yogurt and things. And so I'm like, okay, so I stopped having dairy and it was like the next day I felt like a million bucks. And so I was like, okay, so that's interesting. So I was like, okay, well, I don't want to feel horrible anymore. So then I started just like looking up things online. I'm like, why you know, does that make me sick? And then I just started reading more about um, the different implications for animals and um, the bad situations at factory farms. And then I felt super guilty because I felt as though when I was a vegetarian, I was doing so good, but there's like a whole bunch of other things that are terrible in the dairy and egg industries. So um, after reading a lot of that, I knew that I couldn't turn back. Um, so at the time there really weren't that many vegan restaurants, but there are a lot of different recipes for things online. So I learned how to just like bake things and, you know, make all my meals, which like weren't super dairy heavy to begin with. So it wasn't that hard. Um, but nowadays it just keeps getting easier and easier. Like there's honestly so many products out there that replace literally like anything and everything that tastes very similar and you can pretty much go to like any fast food restaurant if you want and get something that's vegan um there's like a bajillion restaurants no matter where you go and that was one thing when i first started the travel blog was um i wanted to write different guides to finding vegan food around the world because it's not often that it's that easy in some places to go vegan and now it's just getting like easier and easier when I go places. It seems like everybody kind of knows what that means. Whereas before you had to explain it quite a bit as to, you know, what you couldn't really say, oh, can you make it vegan? They'd say like, oh, I can't have like eggs or milk or, and then they kind of look at you like, oh, like, what am I going to make you then? Um, but nowadays it's a lot, it's a lot easier as it's getting more popular. So um, yeah, not that tough. I mean, it's just some easy substitutions can be made for anyone looking to try to eat more plant-based. Um, you can pretty much find substitutes for anything that makes it easy. And then, you know, lots of great recipes online. I think I think for me, if I were to ever do that, well, I mean, I I I I know I would, it would be impossible for me to do it. I think cheese would be the one thing that I just couldn't give up. That's just especially for pizza or whatever. Oh my god, it's just so. There's good. a lot of good vegan cheeses out there now. Like I I buy so much of it. Like there's so many different ones. Like I have a vegan Parmesan cheese. I have a feta cheese that I can buy. Like there's like pizza blend shredded cheese. Like there's the like artisan ones that are like like brie and like different things like they never had any of that when I first went vegan and so I was just kind of resigned to the fact that I was giving that up and now I feel like I'm just like having all of that now so there's like probably like five different kinds of vegan cheese in my fridge right now <laughs> Is that, do you ever find it exhausting to sort of think about what you can't have for example uh if I'm not mistaken correct me if I'm wrong in uh, Skittles, there's gelatin, so then you can't have that. Uh, is ever like, oh crap! I didn't even think about that. Uh, I didn't even consider you can have that. Skittles, Skittles are fine. Oh okay. Yeah, they don't have gelatin, so Skittles are good. Um, I thought for some there reason might be they the did. Odd thing, no, they don't. And like, there's certain there's things that are like surprisingly like vegan that people don't think of. Like Oreos are vegan. Oh. Um, yeah. The only there's every once in a while you'll come across something that's like really strange, like 
um, Miss Vicky's salt and vinegar chips have dairy in them. And like, that's really weird because really? why they don't have to have, like, you wouldn't think they'd have to have dairy. Like there's so many other salt and vinegar chips that don't. So there's like the odd thing like that you come across, but I, I just kind of know what I can have usually. And then a lot of things nowadays are, it's really getting easier because they'll actually mark right on the front of it. If it's vegan or they'll put like a little V or some sort of a little mark and, you know, it's really easy to tell in terms of desserts. So, I mean, most things you can find, you won't be able to tell that they're not vegan. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of like vegan donut places near me and like, you know, baked goods and I made this cake recently that was like it was like a four layer cake it had chocolate layer and vanilla layer and then I had like a cookie dough layer in the middle and like it was incredible like this cake and you would never know <laughs> thank you for making me hungry now I appreciate that yeah <laughs> <laughs> this cake was huge though like we had to put half of it in the freezer and I swear this cake we ate cake like every single day which was awesome but it probably took us a month to eat this cake and then we were still giving away pieces of cake to people because <laughs> it was like such a big cake yeah. but then after the cake was gone then you know you go through a bit of withdrawal where you're not eating cake every day <laughs> yeah well i, I just <laughs> want i wanted to bring that up because i just uh, eating eating vegan because obviously it's a world with which i'm not familiar so i just thought it'd be sort of interesting to hear about that you should uh if you like baking uh uh as a side hustle uh in addition to other stuff you do uh maybe bake some more cakes and different things and make uh, some extra scratch <laughs> I, I, I don't like baking that much. Like I like it, but <laughs> I think that would drive me crazy. Like people I've heard ask me before if I wanted to ever do food blogging. And I, I don't think I could do that. Just like coming up with recipes and just making food all the time and taking pictures. Like, you know, I like eating, like, <laughs> but doing, making all the food and everything, it's okay. But I wouldn't want to do it. Honestly, I have to pick, pivot off talking about food because my stomach is growling like crazy right now. <laughs> uh, well, I guess we'll, we'll, we have a shared interest in some reality shows. We'll, we'll finish uh, on these. Uh, um, the Circle, uh, are you all caught up? Uh, there's one episode left. Uh, are you all caught up? Uh, I just want to be sure. I don't want to spoil anything. I am. Yeah, and I actually watched – I binged the rest of them all last night so I could be up today. I Perfect. love The Circle. Uh, well, like, uh, I, I love it. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And I, I just want to interrupt there just because in case for some reason you are behind on The Circle – our star editor Grant Namesy Roberts. Uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll tell you when to uh, jump ahead in the podcast and when we're done talking about this because I I've, I hate spoilers. Spoilers drive me absolutely crazy, so I would hate to do that to someone. But yes, we'll discuss the the, the circle right now. Uh, yeah, last episode going to the finale. Who do you think uh, is going to win? Breaking news! Breaking news! Skip to forty six forty six if you don't want spoilers. Oh, it's a tough one. So like for a while, I was cheering on Courtney. It was kind of my favorite. But now I, th I think Chloe's going to win. I think she's going to take it. She's you know, so she's kind of funny. friends. She's a hilarious. When she first came into the house, I was like, oh, not yep, her. Yep, and yep. then it was maybe like, I don't know, an episode or two in. And I was like, oh, I love her. She's, she's so, so funny. She just has such a big personality. And she's just, I don't know. She's kind of like a little bit innocent in a way. I don't know how to describe her. Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. she, but she's really funny. And I think she is very genuine. Like she, she is who she is. And she's made friends with pretty much everybody. So, so I yeah, can see she, her with she was on Too Hot to Handle, which was a, an amazing yes. show. Uh, did you ever watch that or no? I did watch that, she but that I, I can't remember a lot of it because I did like binge a lot of those kind of shows all in a row. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of in like early pandemic times. And I feel like they've kind of all blurred together. 
But I do remember her. Yeah, she was amazing. I remember on that show as well, when it first started, I was like, oh, God, like she's going to be annoying. But no, she's actually uh, hilarious. And Mm -hmm. uh, she's been doing really well this season. I think she obviously has a great chance of winning. I believe a huge tactical error was made uh, in the last episode when um, uh, River, uh, a.k.a. Lee, had a chance to uh, block, in my mind, I think his biggest competition is uh, Trevor. And for mm. him to get rid of a guy like Mitchell, who's in the middle of the road, no one's going to really vote for him to win anyway. I thought that mm-hmm. was like, that could be a humongous blunder for for River. Because I just don't get why you get rid of someone who's in the middle versus I honestly think Trevor has a good chance of winning. I agree. I I don't know why I was really surprised to see Mitchell go. I don't know why he thought Mitchell was, uh, you know, had a, he would probably have been good to just get rid of Courtney, if anything, yep, like, yep. you know, cause him and Courtney are pretty even. It could kind of go either way as to like who would win out of the two. They're such best friends and people see them kind of as a partner. Um, but yeah, I thought between like when he was originally saying between Chloe and Trevor, because they're together, maybe one of them should go, mm-hmm. you know, I was thinking, yeah, like you could get rid of either of them. I think it would be good for his game. And then he went with Mitchell. <laughs> I didn't really understand that. Like that no. was kind of almost like a cop out to not piss anybody off, I think. But it no one would be sad to Mitchell go. It's, it's silly because no one knows who blocked uh, anyway. So it's like, what's the point? Like you could just, you could block anyone you want and no one's going to know you who did it. So it was just a yeah. really, really weak move, I thought. Oh, yeah, because they didn't know. Did they Did they, they know no River? No. Right. So that was what I was thinking is, like, originally maybe they would have, someone would have been pissed off if, like, River got rid of, like, Trevor, then Chloe would have been mad. But then if they didn't know it was River. Mm-hmm. They had no idea. Although they probably, they would have probably blamed either Courtney or River. Yeah. Maybe just Mitchell was the easy one to get rid of. Yeah, just, it feels like, I remember last season, season one, uh, uh, um, Joey and Shuby were in the finals. I, th- I want to say there's a couple other people as well. I'm, I'm forgetting right now, but basically they, they, all of them didn't play a strategic game at all. They were just like, Oh, he's my buddy. Mm-hmm. I want to keep him at the end. And Shuby was like, Oh yeah. Like, oh, I should put the Joey lower cause I want to win. And then he's like, Oh no, no, Joey's my buddy. I got to put him high. What are you talking mm-hmm. about? You're in a game to win a hundred thousand dollars. Why the hell are you playing? With, like, oh, I like this guy. You don't even know who he is. He might be a complete catfish, which I love about the show. And it's like, mm-hmm. it feels like what River did another tactical error where you're like, you're not doing the smart play to actually win you the game. You're doing the play that's like the easy, weak play. And I think it's going to cost him just like it cost uh, Shuby. Yeah. I don't know. I don't understand it. Like you're, of course you make friends through it, but like you have to think of why you're actually there. <laughs> Especially at the end of the game. It just doesn't make any sense. Uh, whenever people, yeah. uh, they play the entire game. It happens on Survivor sometimes too, or Big Brother, different shows. They, they All the way to the end. And then they're like, oh, I really like this person. It's like, yes, of course you really like them, but you're trying to, at least in theory, you're trying to win the game. So it's just, it's just like mm-hmm. baffling to me. Yeah. I think that some of the players too that have gone were ones that played a little too hard as well. Like I was really rooting for Savannah, oh, it was Savannah, yes. right? Love In the her. beginning. And then she like left so soon. And, uh, you know, then I think Kat was kind of the same way and that, you know, she played a little too hard and was questioning things a little too much. Um, and that was that. So, yeah, no, it's, uh, and then of course, yeah, Lance Bass was so funny that, uh, <laughs> that I was like, that, that would be really funny if it was him. But then some of them were like, oh, we don't even know who Lance Bass is. It's like, oh man, that's when you know you yeah. feel old, right? Yeah. I know. I couldn't believe that, though, because, I mean, I don't know. They should at least know who he is. It's not like, I don't know. <laughs> I guess they, they probably wouldn't. Like, why would you, like, obviously, if if you're an InSync fan back in the day, you would definitely know him. But 
you know, it's not like they've been uh, huge the last 10, 15 years or whatever. So if you're 20, yeah, why would you know? True. This is an important question, actually. I know uh, Big Brother is a huge love of yours. Uh, who is, in your opinion, the, the American version greatest player of all time? That's like super tough because there have been so many seasons of Big Brother and it's not tough at all. It's an easy answer. Well, for me it's difficult. I would probably go with Derek. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> yeah, just because like he was he was so good no. when he won. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's Dr. Will. Yeah. The answer is Dr. Will. I know he was good, but that was a really long time ago. See, that's what I was saying. I had a Sarah, a previous guest, and she stunned me. I thought she loved, we had a love for Dr. Will, and she also picked Derek. And don't get me wrong, Derek was a fantastic player. I mean, unbelievable. But he only but played like, the one when season. Dr. But Dr. Will, he was like, what, like season two or something? And they, yeah. season two? And there was no okay. vetoes then. Yep. But like, you know, back then, no one really knew what they were doing. So, to win like a later Big Brother, and people have seen all the strategies, you have to be even more strategic. What ma- makes me give it to Will is as the only previous winner on All Stars, when everyone wanted him gone early on because clearly he was the the greatest player of all, at least at that point anyway, the greatest player of all time. The only previous winner on All Stars, he went on there and him and his buddy went to the final four, and he got his buddy mm-hmm. Boogie to win the season. That's what sort of uh, now to be fair. To Derek, you can't. He's never been on a second season, so you can't like fully pull hold that against him. But Will, as the only previous winner on an All Star season, went to the final four. That to me is a clincher. That that's amazing. Yeah. No, he's an excellent player. I agree. Sorry, I cut you off there. So yeah, Derek, you think is uh, the greatest? I don't give him. I love him, but that's just so disappointing. Sad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I probably had to go with Derek if I had to choose one. But I mean, there have been a lot of great players, and then a lot of super annoying players too. So, well, who, who, who are some of the annoying ones to you? Oh, oh, I don't know. There's just Nicole? some of the. She's okay, actually. I don't mind her. I was talking more about like the Rachel and the Brenchel. Or... Yeah, they're they're <laughs> still married. Couples get some of them. Couples get super annoying. I heard they're getting their own show. Oh boy. <laughs> Which I probably won't watch. No, sorry. It's it's honestly amazing when they were on that show. You're like this. They are combustible. This is like not good with the, their relationship. This is not going to last. And yeah, they're married with kids now. I can't believe that. It's so weird to me. Yeah, I can see like if you're in a Big Brother house with all these people, like things. I don't know. Like tensions are super high. Like you're gonna get. You're spending twenty four seven. You know. It's almost like being in lockdown when you're staying at home in your apartment and you can't leave. Yeah, 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 you absolutely can't trust anybody. <laughs> but, yeah. but you have to like live with like 20 people and, you know, and then you hate half of them. Yeah. <laughs> it is actually funny. There's more couples that have uh, succeeded from The Bachelor, uh, sorry, from Big Brother as opposed to The Bachelor because unlike The Bachelor mm. when they're like, they want to date and they profess their love for each other right away as much as I love the show. Big brother, yeah, they're, they're, you're living together potentially for two, three months. So you get to know the person beforehand. It's just funny that that show has more of a success rate. Yeah. I mean, you're spending a lot more time together, you know, so it makes sense. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, you're also probably super bored. Yeah. Well, oh, my God. I can't even imagine, <laughs> especially. I'm sure, like, when the cameras are off, we'll, we'll give you an hour a day to be on uh, social media or something because I'm sure that just drives them crazy, <laughs> you know? Do you watch the show The Challenge? On MTV, because it has a lot of Big Brother people on it. No, I obviously I've heard of the show, but no, I've never uh, never watched an episode. Uh, obviously, you like it? Yeah, it's great. Like, I really, I'm watching, it's like season like 36 or something right now. Like, I obviously haven't seen all the old seasons, but they have a few seasons on Crave. 
So I've been watching it. And so obviously yeah, it's they, pretty, they, it's pretty good. So, I mean, like Josh from big brother, he's a regular on the challenge and he's always yelling at people and getting all emotional. It's, it's entertaining, like you know, big brother, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like he was on big brother and people get him riled up on purpose. And yeah, yeah so they just do these challenges and then whoever wins the most challenges wins the money or what's the premise exactly? Um, it's a little bit, so it differs every season. So the one I'm watching right now, it's um, they kind of work in, in couple, like in t- pairs, like male and female together. And it kind of alternates every week, whether it's a male challenge to one goes home or female challenge. But like they'll compete in big group challenges to, you know, see who gets immunity, I guess, is like the best way to describe it. But there are all these crazy challenges, right? Like they might be like, you know, hanging on the side of a cliff doing something or like going flying down the road at like 80 miles an hour, and like wrestling each other. Like they're all very physical challenges. And there are some puzzles as well. And then when they get to the very final one to see who goes home every week, it's usually it'll be like a, a one-on-one challenge where they'll have to do something, some sort of like physical challenge usually. So yeah, it's it's entertaining though because then they also show them kind of living together in this house, like in between challenges and all the like the drama that happens and the like the friendships and the alliances and like it's kind of like you know a bit of Big Brother, but then also like just all these crazy like physical challenges as well. So hmm. yeah, it's it's cool. I think you would like it. Yeah, it sounds like a pretty good. Uh, well, perhaps after I get uh, done my mountain of episodes of Coronation Street. And uh, Big Brother Canada, I haven't even started the season for that. I'm going to binge all of that as well. Perhaps once mm-hmm. I'm done uh, all that, then maybe, maybe I'll get into the, the challenge. Uh, well, thank you uh, for being on the podcast, Lauren. This has been a, a blast uh, talking and catching up with you. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on here. It's a great time. Second podcast ever. And where, uh, <laughs> It's a good time. Yeah, and where can people uh, find you on the social medias? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, you can find my blogs at justinpluslauren.com and then ontariohiking.com is my other one. And then all my social media handles are pretty much just Justin plus Lauren, like plus spelled out P-L-U-S. Justin plus Lauren, pretty much everywhere. And then Ontario Hiking, also everywhere. So, yeah. Perfect. Well, continue success. You're doing great. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Talk to you later. That was a blast talking to Lauren on this podcast. She's been so successful building up her travel blog, which is very impressive. Really liked hearing about that, how she got into it, and how she's made her success, along with some fun places to visit in the world once the pandemic is finally over. Most importantly, it was a perfect segue to bring up bidets. I have to use that hose she mentioned in India. That sounds like quite the time. By the way, I'm still slightly rattled, and I had a feeling it would happen too. Her saying Derek is the GOAT Big Brother player, recency bias from folks, I swear. Dr. Will played 20 years ago, and then again a few years later on All-Stars. And his people just forget the greatness because it was so long ago. Brutal! She said you could follow her and her boyfriend on social media, at JustinPlusLauren, but there was a minor mistake. It's that handle for Instagram, but it's at JustinLaurenXO on Twitter to see her travel and hiking blogs. Thank you so much for listening to episode 63 of the H-Dog Pod. Bang. This has been the H-Dog Pod with your host, Michael the Hound Dog Harrison. Mm-bang. 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 Mm-bang.